you know, how to recognize when you're in plateau. I know at least for myself, I notice the numbers. That one's pretty obvious and most people should be able to see that. But I notice when I'm in plateau is the periods where I am demotivated about the business. And it's not necessarily because I've, you know, run out of ideas. I think I just more run out of steam. The mindset definitely of leadership in a business is going to stifle the growth if it's not in check. And, you know, maybe that's a nice segue into, well, what stops the growth? Like, what is the mindset that is going to stop the growth and the, and the success of the business? Imagine if we had a thousand clients, how many more of those would potentially come up? Because the reality is there would be more like, yes, as much as we build systems and we do training, we do all these changes and we improve things in the business. The reality is that you're never going to please everyone. There's going to be mistakes or there's going to be capacity issues, or there's going to be something that a person didn't follow the system hundred percent every single time. And so, or, or an automation fails, an automated system doesn't do what it was supposed to do and it sends the wrong email, it does something. And then you get all these people complaining or the, the website goes down if you've got a membership site or me, I've got a client portal that clients log into and the server kind of blows up and can't handle it. And so it, no one can log in. Now you've got thousands of clients instead of a couple hundred saying, I can't log in. You know, these are the things that start to go through your mind and you're just like, oh, is it worth it? Hello and welcome to the show. This is Carl Taylor. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, Peter Moriarty. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, brother. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Rising. And this is the show that is all about sharing the journey that we've been on in, I guess it's really collectively almost 40 years worth of business experience. Yep. And uh, sharing that journey that we've been through to go from startup as young entrepreneurs all the way up to I still, still kind of youngish entrepreneurs uh, at a level of financial security, stability, freedom, businesses that work pretty well without us, um, plenty of cash and uh, you know, enviable position for many. And it's been a, a long road to get here. And so we thought if we can share some really cool insights that might help others speed up their journey, that would be useful. That's really the bulk of what this show is about because we believe that if we can rise the tide, it lifts all boats for everyone who is in business and wants to experience similar things. Mm -hmm. And so today's episode, the reason I'm excited about it is we're going to be talking about what's stopping you from growing your business and why that's actually you. And the reason I can say that with such authority that I know that the key thing holding you back in your business is you is because I know that's the thing that's held me back over and over. And it's the thing that has even holding me back in this moment right now. There's so much more that I could do, I've thought of doing, and the only reason I'm not doing it is because of me. Pete, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the, uh, and, and this is your version of reality, of course, Carl, <laughs> that this is everyone's problem. Um, but I think, you know, what is, uh, what is meaningful for me is that our growth is always our own responsibility. And something that's really been, you know, resonating with me at the moment is I can only operate each day at the level of consciousness that I'm at right now. Um, and so if I want to operate at a higher level, I need to raise my consciousness to a higher level. And I think that's the greatest journey in life is working on yourself, going through your personal growth, going through your personal development. And that translates into all areas of our life, including our business. 
I want to be careful that the title we've shared is, you know, what's stopping you from growing your business? And, you know, not everything is about growing your business. I think to add more finesse to the title and the point that we're trying to get across in this episode, it's about building a better business or it's about Mm -hmm. achieving your goals or it's about getting to the place where you want to go. It's not necessarily adding more revenue because that might not be exactly what you want. You may be wanting to create more time. Um, But, you know, what's stopping you from getting from where you are now to where you want to get to is maybe a better title for the episode. But what we're focusing on here is the ways that you may be holding yourself back and stopping you from from having what it is you, you desire or moving closer towards that. Mm, I appreciate you adding that distinction. And, and, you know, it's, it's true. Like business success is ultimately your own success. I think we, hopefully if you've been listening to multiple episodes, you'll know that that's very much what we believe in, right? You know, if you want a $10 million business, you want a billion dollar business, you want a million dollar business, you want a half a million or you want a hundred thousand dollar business, $50,000 business. It's totally up to you and it's cool if you want a business that you sit on the beach and never work in you want a business that lights you up that you love and you do it every day that's totally cool too like make your own success i think that's the key thing the 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 part that i've experienced and we were talking about just before we hit record on this this episode is there's kind of some standard steps right that businesses typically and entrepreneurs go through uh when you get the start of a business, right? When you're starting it fresh or maybe you've bought, maybe you bought a business or a franchise or something and it's all excitement and oh my God, this is amazing. And there's, there's some progress that happens from that excitement and you're going to go and going and then eventually you might, maybe you hit your goal. Maybe you didn't quite hit what you were aiming for and you kind of just start to plateau a bit. You start to flatten out. You, you've hit maybe the level of your knowledge, the ceiling of your experience, the team, your resources, and you kind of hit this plateau point and you stay there for a bit. And what I've experienced in my business journey is that when you get stuck in that plateau, you can kind of go, oh, is this it? I'm done. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Like, I think there's two types of plateaus in my experience. You've got the one where you're like, I've made it. This is amazing. And it's a comfortable plateau. I'm like, this is great. And then there's another type of plateau where you get to it and you're like, oh, but I'm not at my goal. I'm not quite where I wanted to be. I'm, I seem stuck at this point. And ultimately you kind of start instead of this growth, whatever that growth factor for you is more time or more money or a bit of both or more profit, bigger team. You kind of hit this point where it's plateauing. And eventually if you choose to push through, there'll be another big growth spurt and you'll go and go and go and then you'll hit another plateau. And that's just kind of what seems to happen over and over and over again. And what we were thinking about with, with this episode was, well, when, when we hit the plateau, what's the difference between the people who, when the plateau hits, they then do another big growth eventually. Um, and how long that plateau, cause I know some people that have been in probably what I would call a plateau for like 10 years. Yeah. You know, you know, they got to a point and the business then just stayed in the same point for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we could probably even unpack that further. So Pete, you know, what's your thoughts on this whole like growth plateau, growth plateau? Um, I, I see it as, as steps on a big staircase and, mm. uh, you know, there's periods of growth. And then sometimes when you're in a plateau, it might be, you know, reorganizing, might be, you know, fixing up your systems, might be preparing for the next step. Um, if you think about if you're trying to climb Everest, uh, you don't climb it in one go. Uh, you know, you get to base camp and then you get to different stages along the way, milestones, and then you eventually reach the summit. Um, and so that's how I see it. 
how I've noticed that in myself is when I've got to certain stages of business where I've, I've been offered by the universe to take the next step up. So to, to, you know, go up the next step in the, in the staircase, it's felt a bit like an elastic band being stretched. Um, Mm. And so I've, you know, I've been in a situation where I've had to go, okay, let's put on my, uh, you know, my big boy panties and, uh, and, and, you know, whether it's do the deal or, or, uh, or, you know, sign off on something um, or, or take it to a higher level of operating. And I'm forced to do that because of a, a situational event. I kind of feel it and I recognize it and I go, Ooh, this is like a little bit scary or, or this is a little bit different because it's not the level that I'm used to operating at and it feels uncomfortable. I feel like I'm being stretched. And at mm-hmm. certain points when I felt that, you know, in the early days, I'd have to call a friend and go, Oh, everything's happening. And, and like, I think that's a moment. That's a really important moment because for some of us, when we feel that, that point of being stretched, what do we want to do? We want to bring that elastic band back down to the safety. Right. And so we may sabotage, we may undo the thing that, 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 that we're looking to do. If there's an exciting marketing campaign we're about to launch, we might procrastinate at the 11th hour and not actually hit the go button because we're scared of that, that, you know, taking that, that kind of next step up. Um, but what I learned was over time to actually appreciate that when I, when I have that feeling now and I feel like, oh, this is a little bit uncomfortable. Now I recognize, oh, this is an opportunity to step up. This is an opportunity to perform. This is an opportunity to, to get myself up to a new level. So I really, I really, uh, I welcome that now, that feeling of, of, you know, the elastic band being stretched because I know, okay, this is a good opportunity for, uh, for growth now for me when that happens. I have a question around that. I mean, it just popped into my head. Do you think that when the plateau hit and you kind of you start to self-sabotage, because I fully relate to that, the whole self-sabotage, like procrastinate on something or not take the action or, you know, half-heartedly do it, not, not, not progress with certainty. Do you think that that gets easier or harder the more successful you know, your business becomes to, to, to move up? Do you think For it becomes- me? Yeah. I don't know if it's easy or harder, but what I do intrinsically know is there is more at stake now. And I've heard said recently that eight-figure businesses wish they were seven-figure businesses because when they were, some of them were more profitable, but there was less, the less, there was less at stake. Because as a business grows, if you are one or two degrees off the mark, there are larger consequences. It's not $1,000 or $10,000 mistakes. It's $100,000 mistakes or possibly even million-dollar mistakes. For me... I don't really mind the monetary side of things too much because I know that I can always rebuild and I can start from scratch and I'm fairly comfortable with that. Uh, the thing that I have worry about is that I've got 40 people I'm employing and they're supporting their families. Um, and so for me, I think the stakes are higher when that the weight of that responsibility is on me. It doesn't necessarily make those big steps uh, harder or scarier, but I would say I'm more cautious in how I act. Um, does that mean that I take less big chances? Yeah, possibly. Am I comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm pretty cool with it. I was really curious to hear that because for me, I've noticed that, that when I was earlier, when you had less skin in the game, less at stake, right? When I was actually more broke, the business was barely working. 
I found it easier to take risks. You know, I'd be more likely to go, oh, let's, let's just blow up the business model and create a whole new business model. Mm. Um, yet when you've kind of, you know, you years in, you've got big teams, you've got substantial client base, you've got a business model. Like it's very easy to see why like a Kodak would go out of business, right? They had, they were an incumbent. They had a big business model. They, it was clear what needed to happen. And it was kind of scary to go, let's move our entire business model. Let's blow it up into this thing of digital and get rid of film. Um, you can, you can see like a blockbuster, same kind of thing. Like you've had a proven model, they had more at stake, but ultimately those two examples, even borders, those, they, 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 these examples show that inaction doesn't mean that you're going to stick around. Mm. And I always remind myself of that because I've seen it a number of times where we've contemplated, like even at automation, we've contemplated, does our model still match what the market needs? You know, it was great at the time, but does the model still match what needs to change? And we've floated drastic complete changes to our business model not that we're planning on actually doing any of them but we've floated them around we've talked about them and the one of the key things that always comes up in me is usually like a what if it doesn't work and uh whereas if i was a smaller business i i probably would have some of these we possibly would have implemented them um and I'm, i'm glad we probably haven't implemented them but it's 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 really interesting to notice that that feeling of like well yeah maybe you need to do that maybe you need to blow up your business model to go to the next level but you don't um, because of what's at stake. It's, it's uh, yeah, really interesting, the human side. One of my favorite uh, uh, method or models from the book, Great by Choice, which is a Jim Collins book that I'm, uh, I've been reading recently, it's firing bullets first and then cannonballs. Um, and that's, the book is all about you know, companies that went through a period of uncertainty but still managed to succeed through that uncertainty. Um, but what it talks about is, when you're trying a new strategy or you're experimenting or you're innovating or you're doing something new, you don't bet the house on it. Uh, And I know of a business in our vicinity that uh, expanded from one country into another market, set up an office, hired staff, different language, uh, and, uh, you know, invested a lot in that market and have been struggling in that market to really hit things off well. And I just thought, wow, you know, was that could there have been another way of doing that? Could they have got a co-working space instead of an office space? Could they have hired contractors or consultants instead of full-timers? Um, you know, just knowing that that will be a a suck on uh, on the main business. Um, but let's bring it back to you know talking about plateaus and and the steps of growth in business. I think how to recognize when you're in a plateau is really important because a plateau might be for a month or you know and it might be like a one of those reorganization type plateaus, but it also may go longer. You may be a business who for six months for six months has had you know pretty average uh, results. Uh, you know you've been doing the same kind of dollars uh, each month for about six months, or maybe it's even been years like that. Some businesses will do that. If if you're a business and you're growing at less than five or ten percent per year then you know you're really only barely exceeding mm. inflation uh and so you know if you're not really moving you're actually in a way kind of going backwards and you know carl you might want to expand on that but i think you know how to recognize when you're in plateau i know at least for myself um i noticed the numbers that one's pretty obvious and most people should be able to see that but i notice when i'm in plateau is the periods where i am demotivated about the business and it's not necessarily because I've, you know, run out of ideas. I think I just more run out of yeah. steam. And, you know, I'm curious what your experience has been like uh, with that, Carl. I can't say I can remember any time recently when I've really felt like that. I think times when I've put myself or the business into, let's say, cruise control, I've done it very deliberately. Um, so, you know, I felt good about that. Or I've said, hey, this year, 
we're going to be focusing on, you know, redoing our systems or we're going to be focusing on consolidation on things. Um, but I'm curious what your experience has been with, uh, with plateaus and, you know, if anything kind of uh, comes to mind or, or how, how do you recognize a plateau? How do you think a business owner can recognize they're in plateau? I'm very similar to you. Um, I think I've, I can see numerous plateaus that I've been through both in my IT company that I had you know, for eight years. Uh, never quite had any plateaus in my gift business or my coaching business, but the um, automation agency and my IT business, definitely. And I agree with you that numbers stagnate. Um, they might, it doesn't stagnate. doesn't mean that they stop growing completely. In my experience, especially with automation agency, we've had a number of periods where just let's say like, you know, a number of active clients just does not seem to be going anywhere because maybe churn plus new clients is just staying stagnant. We're not, we're kind of filling up our cup at the same rate that we're, we were losing them. And, you know, we're not necessarily being innovating. We're not being necessarily changing much. We just seem to be kind of treading water almost like it's just the business is treading water. doesn't mean there's not activity happening, but we're kind of just, we're just in this treading water point and to get out of it requires some big, decisions, some big thinking, taking some risks or throwing in some more cash. Now, do you think it's always a leadership problem or is it like, is it a company problem? Is it everyone's fault or is it your fault as the leader? Well, I ultimately think that the leader, it all comes back to you. <laughs> even, even, if it, even if you're like, it's not my decision, it's that person's decision. At the end of the day, you decide to hire them, you provide the resources for them, you're the person who's helping lead and motivate them and create some accountability. So I believe that no matter what, it falls back on the leader um, it's our responsibility. You know, I, I, will, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, but no matter what, if a team member doesn't do something the way I wanted it done, yeah, that happens a lot, especially when you've got a team of like 50. Um, and I can't wait to see what it's like when I've got a team of 100 or 200. Um, it's, it's frustrating, but then it's always reminding myself, okay, how did we not support them? How did we not give them enough resources? Was it documented? If it was documented, did they remember to use it? Was it clear and accessible? What, what went wrong in those situations that are doing it? So in a, in a situation like we're treading water, we're not going anywhere. It's an overall company-wide issue and we all can contribute to it. But I think it ultimately stems with the leader and how they're steering the ship, the strategies that they're either making sure people are being accountable to what they need to do, like projects getting completed on time or the right projects being worked on. Maybe you've got team members working on projects, but there's not been a good clear line of sight around what they're working on and why they're working on it. They haven't had clarity. Like I know for me, a number of people in my team come up with these great initiatives. They're not necessarily the things that actually move the needles that matter though. And um, you know, without some sort of oversight to help redirect them to make it be something that does impact what you're trying to move um, that, that still stems from the leader in my, in my view. I think the leader in a business is going to be the bottleneck. You know, they're not necessarily stopping the growth, but I think the, the mindset definitely of, uh, you know, of, of leadership in a business is going to stifle the growth if it's not in check. And, you know, maybe that's a nice segue into, well, what stops the growth? Like what is, what is the mindset um, that is going to stop the growth and the, and the success of the business? Um, and, this is something that we really tuned into before we recorded this episode is that oftentimes when you think about growth in the business, growth equates to more work or pain or growth equates to more pain <laughs> or, or it equates to something that you don't want. And that's a mindset challenge because it's just a story. It's a story that you have that if I, do more or do this different thing, or if the business was to be more successful or bigger or hire more staff or have more revenue, 
somehow you may be equating that with something that you fear or don't want, be it work or more time or more stress or more risk or whatever else. So Carl, tell me about that. What's, what's the experience of growth equals pain been like for you? Well, I think before I share some of my own personal experience, because definitely I've seen that show up a number of times. Um, let's make it a little bit more like clear with a few examples. Like, let's say if you were to grow your client base, like, you know, let's say you're a coach or you're you know, a service provider or you're selling time for money. This is going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like instantly let's like add more clients instantly. That's like, Oh, I don't have time. I, oh, I got to put my prices up and I'm eventually capacity now. And so if it's not that, then you're like, I got to hire more people. And then, Oh, that means I'm going to train. I don't have time to train them. So instantly it's like, if I grow this business and I take on more clients, pain, headaches, mm. frustration, or if you're in a situation like say Pete and I are, where we're not the ones necessarily doing the work, but we have team members doing the work. I can't speak for Pete, although I think in a way I can. Um, when you have a team, the bigger your team gets, the more mistakes happen, the more people do it, not the way you would maybe do it if it was you working on it. And so also that same thought is like more clients means more mistakes, more opportunities for things to go wrong. Um, more team members, more team members mean more people who are going to make mistakes throughout the day, which means more complaints that then get escalated up to you, which you've got to then handle maybe complaints if you're, that's part of your role. Uh, and so there's all these things that you start to just go, Oh, like that sucks. Like no one likes to dealing with a complaint. I love hearing the feedback from a client. I do, but I hate hearing it. Like my heart melts when I'm like, Oh, that sucks that that happened. And you know, like that's, it's when you think about that, at least in my experience, when I think about that and I go, okay, well, look, we're doing that at 200 and something clients. Imagine if we had a thousand clients, how many more of those would potentially come up? Because the reality is there would be more like, yes, as much as we build systems and we do training, and we do all these changes and we improve things in the business. The reality is that you're never going to please everyone. There's going to be mistakes or there's going to be capacity issues, or there's going to be something that a person didn't follow the system hundred percent every single time. And so, or, or an automation fails, an automated system doesn't do what it was supposed to do and it sends the wrong email, it does something. And then you get all these people complaining or the, 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 the website goes down if you've got a membership site or me, I've got a client portal that clients log into and the server kind of blows up and can't handle it. And so it, no one can log in. Now you've got thousands of clients instead of a couple of hundred saying, I can't log in. You know, these are the things that start to go through your mind and you're just like, oh, is it worth it? Is it worth the hassle? You know, I'm comfortable. I'm good. Things are, this is when you're at the plateau where you're kind of in a comfortable position. Mm. It's like, well, you know, I'm good. Do I really need to, is it worth it? And I, in my experience, when you're in that mode, where I've been in that mode, I was in that mode last year and the year before uh, where I had a lot of opportunity, a lot of people around me saying, grow, grow, grow. And I kind of was like, Oh, I'm okay. Like we stayed at the same number of clients effectively for about two years, not because we couldn't have grown and there wasn't more opportunity. I just didn't have the motivation because I was like, oh, you know, what's, what's a couple extra hundred grand in my pocket going to do for me? What's, you know, it's just more headaches. Is it, it's not worth it. You know, I'd take up more of my time. Like that was my mindset. And what I found that helped get me out of it, that particular mindset was stopping thinking about me. All of that was me focused. I'm okay. I've got enough money. This is going to mean work for me. This sucks. I wasn't thinking about how this helps, how this contributes, how many more team members we can employ, what bigger impact that could have on their family, how many more businesses we could be serving and the impact to them. When you can start to see the greater good over the pain, 
and the pain was all my, me thinking I, that we'd have that pain. I wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, my, my success customer service team are going to have to handle more complaints. The thing that was ultimately getting to me is the customer service team would have more complaints and then they wouldn't be able to deal with them and it would get escalated to me and I'd have to deal with it. Well, that's an easy fix if you get out of that pain perspective and go, well, that's easy fix. You just need someone else whose role is to do that. Uh, yes, fix the issues, but someone else who handles those escalations. So it, it, what I realized is that in that particular moment, for me, I was focused on me and I was okay. I was a selfish kind of thought process is how I'd potentially label it um, and wasn't really thinking about the clients. I wasn't thinking about the team members. I wasn't thinking about anyone else. And that was... I believe now robbing, it was exactly where it needed to be, but I believe now that that same thought process was robbing of opportunity of, of impact. Even if it had all blown up and, and not worked, it was still robbing the opportunity to, to continue to grow and, and robbing myself of growth because all of that pain is pressure and through pressure comes learning, comes growth in life. Uh, I think we can all probably agree that all of our biggest growths have come at what we might also label some of our most painful moments in our lives personally or professionally. And uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's my, my insights around growth. Every time that I've got my business to a point and people around me have inspired or thought about growing, or I've had ideas about growing bigger and I've not taken the action, I procrastinated or I've consciously decided not to do it is because I equated more pain to doing it for me personally than I did in additional return of whether that was finance or time or whatever measure I was using at the time to measure it. What about you, Pete? I find that very interesting. I think, you know, for me reflecting uh, for myself, uh, my number one right now, my number one, uh, you know, resource that I'm optimizing for is time. Um, I'm optimizing, I think, a bit for impact as well. Um, but I'm, you know, really, really as much as possible in all areas of my life, optimizing for time. So anything that I think is going to take a whole lot more time, like expanding internationally or opening up into new time zones or anything like that, just immediately says to me, nah, nah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are, that's, uh, you know, that belief is potentially limiting and we, you know, we may unpack that a little bit later in the episode. The other one that I think is interesting for me is I really, really enjoy challenge. I like challenge, I like excitement, and I like adventure. So I think if something doesn't appeal to that, that want for challenge and that desire to you know, explore an adventure through business, for me, I'm less likely to do it. It's like, yeah, I could run a webinar to corporates with thousands of employees, and I could go and pitch in their boardroom and tell them how awesome G Suite is and blah, blah, blah. But it's just not exciting to me to pitch to those kind of businesses. What's exciting to me is helping small and medium-sized business owners because the founders are still involved in the business typically somehow. And I know that when their business shifts, their personal life shifts. And I know that the business is having you know, real meaningful impact on, uh, on people's lives. And you know, that's all tied to my values and that's just you know, kind of my reality. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, will drive my business decisions. Like, is this going to be exciting? Is this going to be a challenge? And I think it comes down to motivation as well. We've talked about motivation in some of the other episodes around what actually drives people. What drives people is doing what they're good at. And for me, it's like, all right, I want to do things I'm good at. 
I want to do things I enjoy doing and things that I feel good at. When I was in primary school, you know, if I had the choice between kicking around a soccer ball or making candles, I was better at making candles. So that's what I chose to do. And I got more enjoyment out of that uh, rather than kicking a soccer ball around. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that's just us in all areas of our life. You know, we're going to do what is fulfilling to us. Um, and so if you're someone who's stuck right now and you're feeling that you're in a plateau, but you, you desire to go somewhere else, that's totally cool. You may need to tweak how you see things. You may need to tweak your mindset a little bit on that. And we, we talked about that one or two episodes ago in our episode on wealth dynamics and your different profiles. For me, when I needed to get work done in the marketing area of the business in order for us to be able to grow and scale because we had plateaued, I had to get in and learn marketing and I had to participate in marketing the business. And that wasn't something that was immediately interesting to me. But I tricked myself and I gamed myself by saying, this is just a problem to solve. So you got to get smart about that and you know, try and tap into, well, you know, what are my limitations right now? What are the stories that I'm telling myself about why I can't grow or why I can't do what I want to do. And when you tap into those stories in yourself, then you know, that's the point where you can actually remove the block and then get to the point that, uh, that you want to get to. Mm. Uh, I, it's all about stories, right? All of it. And uh, I love everything you've said there. What, what came to mind, I was just thinking about the idea of you and I sharing maybe one of our stories or limiting beliefs that we have in our business that are maybe holding us back from some growth right now. Uh, you've, there's a couple I've written down based on some things you said, and maybe just trying to unpack that together for one to help ourselves, but also for our listener to maybe understand the process they could do on themselves or have a friend help them go through to really unpack and just look at this, this belief or story that may be holding them back from what they want to do. So you're up for that. I'm totally up for that. Let's do it. All right. So, so we should probably introduce the process uh, that we use or, you know, a process that we're going to be, partially using as part of this process and it's from an author uh, her name is byron katie um, and this is a process around releasing stories that you hold and releasing the suffering around those stories uh, and carl this is uh one of byron katie's books you recommended to me you said that it had changed your life another one of our mutual friends had said that it had changed their life uh, i read it and it changed my life i would like to give you the honor of introducing uh the work to us to our listener Okay. Yeah. Look, absolutely. I, I, um, I, I came across the, the work by Byron Katie, uh, last year and I read the book called loving what is, and the, it's, it's a simple process. It's four questions and there's an optional thing called a turnaround. And, uh, if you've read my book, becoming bulletproof, I do also touch on these questions in there as well. And effectively the, the questions you ask yourself is all suffering. All suffering. The principle is that all suffering in your life, whatever it is, tension you feel in your body, stress you get, uh, anger, sadness, everything comes from believing a thought, one particular thought or multiple thoughts, but there's a thought that you believe. And by believing that thought, that is where the tension is. And what that tension really is, is an indication. It's your body telling you that this needs inquiring on, it needs investigating. And the way we do that is we ask four questions. The first question is, is it true? So uh, let's go with, um, I'll give you the example before for me, like if I was to grow the business and I, you know, if I was to grow the business 
it would only add a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's not worth it. So if I was to grow the business, it wouldn't be worth it. Is that true? Now, you, it's simple answer to this is either yes. There's no, there's no, I don't know. Is it's just either yes or no. True. And if your answer is yes, or I think it's yes, there's a follow-up question, which is, can you be really sure that it's true? Can you really, really know that that's true? And that's, so that's question number two. So if the answer to uh, question number one is no, like, is this true? And you say, no, you can skip question two. But if you said yes, then the next question, question two, as Pete said, is can you absolutely know that it's true? Can you absolutely know that this thought is true? So in my example, um, can I absolutely know that if I grow the business, that it won't be worth it? Can I absolutely know that it won't be worth it? Well, I don't know the future, right? I can't see the future. I have no idea what's going to come. So I can't say with absolute certainty that if I choose to grow the business, even if the business imploded, I can't still say with absolute certainty that that wouldn't be worth it because what would have come out of it on the other end, 10, 20 years down the line. So I cannot say with absolute certainty. So for me, I would say at that point, say no. And so once you're kind of clear, and it doesn't matter, you might still say, yes, yes, you can be absolutely certain that it's true. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The third question you then ask yourself is, how do I react when I believe this thought? How do I react when I believe this thought? And so in my scenario that I I shared before, the way I would react is I would procrastinate. I would go, oh, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to run that marketing campaign. I'm not going to tell the you know, HR to go and hire more people. I'm not, I'm, yeah, like opportunities would come my way. Some people would come to me and go, oh, I'd love to partner with you and grow. I think we could bring you, do all this off stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's not really in line with what I want to do. Nah. So I was closed off to opportunities. So how do I react? I close myself off to opportunities. I um, stick to just doing what I want to do. And there's nothing wrong with all this. I'm just sharing how I react when I have the believe the thought. And I ultimately don't, I choose not to grow. I'm consciously choosing not to put my attention into these areas. Um, and so you just, you unpack it all is unpack. How do you react when you believe the thought, the idea, when someone suggests growing, when I look at the idea of running ads would make me feel nervous. That's the way I react to that thought. I get this tension of like fear, um, tightness in, in the throat. So think about how do you react personally as well as, uh, maybe in decisions you make as well as in your body. And once you get clear on how you react, here's the really powerful question in my opinion is who would you be without that thought? Who would you be without that thought? So if I didn't hold the thought that growing the business wouldn't be worth it, who would I be without that thought? It's like, Hmm, well, I'd be open to opportunities. I'd be curious about how the business could be grown. I would be uh, open to learning new ways of feeling, you know, feeling like something's worth it, uh, getting, getting fulfillment, I guess, out of it. I, I just be more open and more curious, I think is how I'd be without that thought. And you can kind of stop at that point if you want, or you can go to the next step of what, what she calls the turnarounds and where you take the thought and you look at it from different perspectives and just a bit like a new pair of shoes. You kind of try it on, see if it fits. You just try on another version and see, does that, how true does that feel? And so uh, the simple turnaround is just a straight opposite. So a simple turnaround of this is what was the original thought is that growing, if I grow the business, it's not going to be worth it. If I do all this stuff, it's not going to be worth it. 
Um, so the opposite is if I do all this stuff, it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You just, you know, try that on for a bit. If I do all this stuff, if I grow the business, it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. And just consider like, how might that be true? Well, yeah, I mean, I could make it worth it, right? Like I can figure out what do I want. I can, I define what's worth it or not. Um, and if I grow big enough, what, you know, what is worth it to me? And that, that starts to bring up those kinds of thoughts and you start to go, okay, if I do this, it will be worth it. I mean, there'll be lots to learn no matter how it turns out. I'll learn lots and that's worth it. I really highly value learning and growth. You can go, if we want to get a little more woo, Pete, what do you think? Can we go a little more woo with go, some turnarounds? Go, do it. So we can get a little bit more intense on these turnarounds and we can do a turnaround back on the self, back onto me. So the original thought was, you know, if I do all this stuff, if I grow the business, it won't be worth it. A turnaround to itself might be, if I do all this, if I grow the business, I won't be worth it. How might that be true that I'm feeling that I might not deserve it? I might not, I might not be worthy. I might not be loved. I might not be capable. I might not be capable. I might not be loved. I might not, if I do all these things and I fail, right? Like if what do I do all these things and I fail? Whew, well then it's a generalization, but most of us fear failing. And my belief is that the reason we fear failing is we believe if we fail at this thing, we won't be enough by our friends, family, peers, loved ones. We won't be seen as enough by ourselves. And therefore, because we're not enough, we won't be loved. And um, so all of a sudden it's like, is the fear really about the business won't give me stuff that's worth it? Or is it actually the truth here that if I do this and I fail, if I do this and, you know, don't succeed at what I'm trying to do. And I've got this level of success and I'm good. I've got money and business and I go and I try and reach for this new level of growth and I, I make quote unquote a mistake. Will that make me feel like I'm not enough and not worthy of love or not loved? And that's, there's a, there's a lot of, that feels like there's a lot of truth in that thought that it's not true. Not that that thought's true, but that's, there's a lot of truth in that's where that thought's really coming from. I want to outline to the listener that when you go through this process, and this can be applied to many areas of your life, when you go through this process, just doing that turnaround at the end often releases the story. Mm. That's the part that just releases it. When you look at it from the different angles, you turn it around and that story is released. And this, this you know, notion of doing the work is an ongoing is an ongoing thing. There will always be work to do, um, and you know this this work comes. It's rooted in in Buddhist principles, but it's you know it's really about ending suffering by bringing yourself to the present and realizing that everything is perfect right now. You are exactly where you need to be at this exact second, at the exact exact stage of business with the exact challenges. Everything is perfect right, uh, right now, right this second. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, I think, the beauty of this work for me, applying it in my personal life is, um, you know, connecting to heart, connecting to presence uh, and, um, and just, you know, allowing. And I think there's a, there's a healthy level of tension. You know, there's a healthy level of goal setting. There's a healthy level of desire for where you want to take the business. There's a healthy level of wanting to get up to the next step. Um, but also there's a lot of surrender required. Um, and work required to drop the stories 
for you to actually get there as well? Uh, there's a few things that come up with what you just said there. I think, it, and I think it's important to touch on. First up, a couple of days ago, someone said something that I just found really profound, and I feel it's worth sharing here. If you swap your expectations, your have tos, and you understand that they're actually appreciations and they're get tos, mm. so you might look at your situation right now and go, oh, "I've got to fix this problem. I've got to solve this problem." You don't have to do anything. You get to. You get the opportunity to solve this problem. You get the opportunity to fix this. Oh, I have to get up in the morning for an early meeting. No, you don't have to get up for early for that. You get to get up. You get to wake up with how many limbs you have. You get to wake up first up. That's a great thing to celebrate. You get to have a meeting. I mean, there are probably lots of other people out there who wish they had a meeting with a client ready to pay them some money. Um, so that's one thing is facing into any of this that can also help with these limiting beliefs and stories. Looking at your story, especially if you're using the language, I have to do this, or even I want to do this and start looking at, I get to do this. I get to grow my business. I get to not grow my business. Um, these are all choices, they're all, but they're all gifts. It's all gifts all the time. I just really want to stress that no matter where you're at and what you're going through, it's, it, as Pete said, like it is a gift. It's, a, it's it exactly how it needs to be. And if you can view it as a gift, it will dramatically, and I mean it, it will dramatically reduce the stress, at least in my experience, in your world and dramatically um, shift the way you start showing up and looking at all of the circumstances and deciding, you know, the goals that you want to set, you know, they're not have tos, they become get tos. You know, you get to go after this thing. You may not get there. You may not hit the target and that's okay. But along the way, you get to experience all the great journey. Would you like to workshop mine? Would you like yes. to help me workshop yes, mine? Yes, that's right. That was going to be my next question. I was going okay. to say, what, so what's your thought? Tell us about the, 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 the thoughts you got going on. So, so we have the opportunity to expand into new markets, um, either through acquisition or through developing a new market, um, either in Europe, in Asia Pacific, or in North America. And the thought that I have is, if I expand my business into new markets, it will become more stressful. Um, you know, my potential evidence for that is thinking around um, additional time, additional complexity, and additional things that will just require Pete. And, you know, a business that's more in a building mode rather than a maintain mode uh, you know, when we're entering into new markets. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the, the thought is, if I expand into new markets, my business will become more stressful or will take more of my time. I think that's what's, what's underneath that. Mm. will be more stressful and or will take more time. Okay. So, so if you expand into new markets, it will be stressful and it will require or consume more of your time. Is that true? Yes, Carl. <laughs> Good. Yes, it's true. And I believe it's true. Let me ask you another question before we dig deeper on these questions. A business should not take up your time. Is that true? Oh, damn. Yeah, it should. It should. That's its purpose. It's my occupation. It should take up my time. Yes. Okay, cool. Can you absolutely know that that's true? Well, hold on. A business should take up my time. So that's, a, so that's a no to the question. Great. All right. So I just wanted to, that was just another, so just to kind of the listener here, the what Pete gave was he kind of gave two potential thoughts of truth. He gave the, thought, the story that growing, if I expand in new markets, it's going to mean stress and take up more time. 
right? And so there's growing into new markets will equal pain, stress. There's kind of, there's a story there. And there's also potentially, if we unpack that, there's the story of, well, and the business shouldn't take up my time. And so I, that was the first one that I wanted to capture and see whether that's something we could dismantle. Now we could uh, go through both of these questions in detail with who would you be without those, those thoughts. Um, Pete, I'm getting the feeling though that just by me asking that question has potentially shifted some of your thoughts on that. Uh, would that seem fair to you? It has, right. yes, because the thought that shifted is that I enjoy the challenge of business mm. and I enjoy the occupation of business. And if I didn't have this occupation of business, my life would be less meaningful. That's a big Perfect. one. Perfect. I love it. That's, That's amazing. Really well one. done. So let's go back yeah. now to the first part of your thought. So if you expand new markets, it will be stressful. Is that true? Mm. I cannot for certain know that it's true. <laughs> yeah. Great. So how do you react? I believe it's true, but I cannot, but I cannot be certain it is always true in, in, in every scenario or eventuality. Yeah. So I have to say no. Great. So how do you react? How do you show up when you believe the thought that if you expand into new markets, international, Pacific? Oh, I'm fearful. I'm slow. We've been setting up a Hong Kong incorporated company. It's taken six months instead of a week. I procrastinate. I hide from and shy away from my responsibilities. I am abrupt with my team when they bring them up because I don't even want to confront them. And I think that mode of operating leaks into other areas of my life. I'm shifting. I'm feeling the shifting. I'm feeling the shifting in my body. <laughs> I'm feeling the stomach grumbling. And for anyone who hasn't done any kind of body work, that, that means that, uh, that you know, you're likely releasing uh, releasing patterns and emotions and stories. So we'll move on to question four now. Who would you be without the thought that if you expanded into new markets, that it's going to be stressful? <sighs> uh, I'd be a more confident uh, executive and business leader. And I would be more open to possibilities. And I'd be a better leader to work with day to day with my team because I wouldn't be grouchy about them bringing up things that I'm procrastinating on. Uh, and uh, that would likely also flow into other areas of my life as well. I love that. And so what's some turnarounds that you potentially see for your thought? <sighs> Expanding into new markets will create less stress. It will create less stress because I won't be fucking stressing about the new markets. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Whoa, because I'm stressing now. I'm stressing now not expanding into new markets. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. That's a big one. I feel the shift for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there another turnaround? Lead me. Lead me, Carl. Is there another one? All right. What about for the other? Is there, what, how could you, how could you do this as a turnaround to others? Not about you. How could you make a turnaround about this for others? If I expand into new markets, others will have more time. What if it, you don't, if or, I don't expand into new markets, how might that impact others? If I don't expand into new markets, I will have less impact, but I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the, the, the within the guidelines of the turnaround question. Totally. is. It's only turnaround of it, looking at it from another perspective. But I know I'll create much less, I know I'll create much less yeah. value in the world and I'll continue to have tension to the extent that I want to have an impact in, in the world and know that when I play small, I'm holding back 
from the impact that I can have. And if you hold back from the impact that you can have and you don't offer your service, would there be potentially others who might suffer from stress? Yeah, but yeah, potentially. Yeah. Uh, yep. Team members. Oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing so much right now. I can feel it in my body. Team members, potential employees, customers, everyone whose lives we want to impact by, uh, by expanding the business and our work and what we do. So if you, so the question here, I guess, is if you expand into new markets, could that not just be less stress for you, but less stress for others? For everyone, yeah, expanding to less, expanding to new markets is less stress for mm. everyone. Whew. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's the work. That's the work. <laughs> that's so good. Wow, thank you, Carl. I appreciate, I appreciate you leading me through that process very much. My pleasure. So, uh, which market are we moving into now? <laughs> well, all of them, all of them. <laughs> I love so, it. To the listener, uh, I hope you've enjoyed that process. Um, I, uh, you know, just approached that with with full vulnerability, and that's brought some really big shifts. So I'm really grateful that I that we can share that with you. Uh, we'll have the the links to the books and the work of Byron Katie in the show notes, so you can go and check them out. Um, the one to start with, I think, is best recommended is Loving What Is. Um, and uh, there's a number of other books of hers that I recommend you check out. I listen to them on Audible. It makes it uh, nice and easy to get through them. Um, Carl, I've really, really enjoyed doing this episode. We've had some big shifts. I think that's a nice note to end on. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, just let that shift sink in for the listener who's, you know, hopefully you've been listening along and going through your own process and, you know, getting your own kind of drop-ins and downloads. Uh, as, uh, as we've been sharing these things. But uh, Carl, I want to throw to you and, uh, and allow you to wrap up the episode. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be able to, to hold space for you and take you through that process. And the listener, it's an absolute privilege to have you listening along to, uh, to hear that. And as you can even probably tell in my tone of voice that I'm in a very different space uh, myself from facilitating that. And I just am so thrilled to be able to share that with everyone. So let me give myself a bit of a shake up, change my state. And that is a wrap to this amazing episode. We told, I told you, I told you at the beginning, it would be an incredible episode. I was super excited for it. Uh, as always, you can find all the show notes, which will have links to the work and anything else we've mentioned today uh, at rising.show. That's rising.show. That's the quickest way to find all of the episodes as well. So if you want to, if you haven't already found it on your own, uh, podcast tool of choice, all the episodes, you can find the show notes and everything and play it there and share it to other people. Rising.show. It's also the place you can go if you'd like to contact us. Like if you'd like to ask us a question or if you'd like to learn more about this or you've got an idea for a future episode, we would love to hear from you. We really truly would love to hear from anyone who wants to connect with us over at rising.show. Also, we love getting your ratings reviews, feedback on the podcast platforms of choice. If you're an iTunes person and you use Apple podcasts, please give us as many stars as you want to give us. We'd love it to be five star, but make it sure it's authentic and honest and leave a comment. We do read them. We do see them. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you use a different platform, please use that. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on uh, Apple podcasts. You can find us on Google podcasts. We would love 
to just hear your thoughts. So thank you so much for being a dear listener. It's absolute privilege to serve you. We look forward to hearing about your journey. Uh, until, until next episode, just do the work. See you later.